I got a question for you that I didn't even think about until we until recently. Or I, it's something that I thought about, but I didn't think about asking you this, but like I think it's it's necessary. And you talked about France mm -hmm. and how important they were to like the foundational core beliefs of America. Yes. Um and you can also go back to manifest destiny and all that type of stuff. And this is one thing, like I said, I'm young and I'm I'm learning. Like I'm really over the past two three years, I've been doing a lot of reading, and I've had to unlearn a lot of stuff, and I had to relearn all. Lies your history of, teacher taught you? No, not. <laughs> but you know what I mean. No, nah, you were you were talking that real, but it's just like that was two years of my first, you know. 18 years of life and I wasn't really learning much about what's, what's were, really going on so my, my question is why are white people so bent on kind of being like savage and like and and uh, and dominating other people you talking about historically or historic, like with, within the past? What has it been? Colonial, like past, the colonial history, the, the colonial. Like, so the past well, four um, or five hundred years, like why France, Spain, England, yeah. Belgium? Like why? What is it? Well, I know that's a that's a I, weighty I, I, question, and you can't answer for all I, Europeans. Or but whatever, but right? it is something that I've pondered as well. Okay, and it is that I don't. Let's say well, let's, I'm gonna go to China first. I don't think Chinese society is, although they've dominated because of their size, mm -hmm. they have never necessarily been uh, expansionist. No, in their nature, they're more have been xenophobic. Leave us alone. Let us stay. In this our is space. our space, our territory, Correct. and they we are don't do also. What we do. To our, they, this is our people. Look, this is us. But they're all Han, right? They're H E N, and they're so. It's they don't. There's no culture or, or culture, but there's no racial diversity. No. So it makes it easier in some ways, and they are societies that are. Cooperative in some ways. They've also been used to. They've been used to dynasties that are absolutely all all powering, right? Mm -hmm. And so they, uh, as a result, they are, they culturally have been taught to follow. At the same time, I, I I think it's absurd to think that we love the American spirit because we're inventive and we all do our own thing. Mm -hmm. But we all do our own thing, especially as we're becoming a bigger and closer world. We can't do our all our own thing. Mm -hmm. We have to cooperate maybe more. Because mm. we're, yeah, everything's more interconnected. Because we're interconnected, this, the resources are limited, mm -hmm. land is limited, everything's limited. Mm -hmm. So as a result, we have to literally think and behave differently. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I'm, you're, you're asking about, I sent you the white issue on that though. Mm -hmm. Control certainly of military science has allowed white society or European society into European mm -hmm. to enforce its will upon other states. In fact, the world, yeah, right? The, the English world. Empire, the United, yeah, the whole world. Let's go the whole world. Yeah. And so, I mean, even China they speak English. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I have to say, it's, it's military power, right? But it's also they did other things. They the Astrolab Compass, for instance, that allowed the Chinese, if you will, and the caravans of the Middle East to travel, they said, whoa, this will work great on a ship. 
Mm-hmm. Instead of traveling across sand, mm-hmm. suddenly they're taking it and putting it to sea. Mm-hmm. Although we did have also you know, knowledge of the stars, or certainly the Pacific Islanders did, and the Vikings we know did. But the uh, they so they put that to use. They also had resource. If we look at wherever man has been, desertification is an issue. Where did man first start? We know it was the old Dovey Gorge. We know that man started in Africa. Mm-hmm. Look at the environment of Africa. It's essentially desertified. The Middle East, where Egypt is, is desert. Mm-hmm. Wherever man has been, we tend to cut trees down. Spain later, when they had the Spanish Armada, the greatest navy in the world, mm-hmm. once it was wiped out, it was wiped out because she had cut all her trees down. Mm-hmm. Literally had deforested Spain. Mm-hmm. And it still is desert. They're suffering from desertification. So when they went and they said, well, we, they couldn't build them in South America because the trees aren't, they don't have hardwoods. Whereas the British, if you will, and the French had the uh, New England area and hardwoods and they could build those ships. Mm. And you know, that was the end of Spain mm. as far as, uh, and then of course the British Empire will come in after with steel ships mm. and we'll get on the tail end of it ourselves, right? Mm. So we've had, I would argue, we certainly have behaved colonially when we look at Panama. Oh, for right? sure. For sure. We look yeah, at yeah. Philippines. Not, I feel sorry for Philippines. You know, we've abandoned them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's uh, Hawaii. You know, we took Hawaii. Yeah. So. But I guess I guess we could even go back further than, um, than the past 500 years because Rome. I mean, Rome was going everywhere. Greece, yes, they know, were. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, they were. Absolutely. It's, cra- it's crazy. There like, was always... And, you know, Mesopotamian cultures did that too, right? Assyrians conquered, right? The Philistines, everybody. They called the Genians. It has been man's... Man's interaction with each other has been a story, a struggle of overcoming, of controlling resource, of cultures dominating other cultures. Mm. Forever. But but with the Europeans, you know, with this whole they're just Johnny Come Lately's baby, right? They're, they're they're the latest to the party. But uh, um, somebody said they're like a because they're like so new. He his illustration was they're like a a kid in an old folks home with a bat, <laughs> and they're just in well, there swinging. It, uh, and you it, just it, it get is <laughs> when you look at the way we've built our cities mm-hmm. and the way we've the inhumanity. And the growth of just this scourge, mm-hmm. it, it, there is something to it. That you, you say, is that civilization? Is that progress? I don't know. I mean, we're seeing that with with uh, kids now and learning, mm-hmm. or the inability to learn because of the information society, mm-hmm. right, and the other health issues. So it, it is interesting what we've built. Because I don't, I don't think, I don't think this, like you mentioned, manifest destiny. I don't think it was as conscious as we can look back on it. I think a lot of it sometimes it just happens. But there are choices that we make along the way, right? Mm-hmm. We know that um, and those choices affect. But you know the what was it the, what was the thing in in eighteen ninety something or, the. Um... The Council of... Not the Council. Was it Trent? 
when the when the the European people got together and they kind of divided up Africa. And, oh yes, absolutely. What, what was that called? But oh gosh, I I don't I don't recall. But you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, yes. So it's like and, they and, came together. Like, look, essentially, and you had Belgium, you had Germany, all of them. Italy got their piece of. Uh, uh, and they still got beat by Ethiopia, <laughs> but um, yeah, and they divided them up. And the way they divided it up was that those lines crossed over traditional tribal areas right. to break them up, right? Right. So we that's why Rwanda and these areas, the Tutu and the, mm-hmm. the Hutu and the Tutsis have had problems, right? Mm-hmm. Is that those lines were drawn so that you leave a third of the population in one country, so that means the other two thirds are going to dominate that third. Mm-hmm. And well, that but we forget is that. That one third joins a, a, a their tribe on the other side of the river, the other side of that arbitrary border, mm-hmm. that is many times greater than that other tribe. So it creates. Okay. We just we destabilized it. Yeah, for we sure. We destabilized it yeah. by by actually very conscious means as well, right? We also mm-hmm. had some incredibly cruel uh, people during that time. You look at uh, King Leopold. King Leo's wow, terrible, bro. Wow, you wonder why. They, they, why, why are they cutting all these ears? Why are they cutting people's arms? Well, it was learned. We also know that um, the French, you know, all colonial powers have done crazy things. But like at the end of World War II, they took like SS battalions. Mm-hmm. Those guys are worthless pieces of, you know, fod in my book, your mm-hmm. book. And we sent, rather than try them for war crimes, we sent them, or the French took them into the French Foreign Legion. Mm-hmm. And they sent them into what well, was now Vietnam, mm-hmm. right? And they fought the Viet Minh. They sent them into parts of Africa where they continued essentially their behaviors mm-hmm. under the license of, you know, this foreign army or this colonial army. And that's, you know, that's, it's reprehensible. It's crazy. It's crazy that it's still going on. Like the, the thing that, that just kind of blows my mind. I didn't, I don't think about it cause I'm not, I haven't been anywhere. I haven't been outside the country, but I just, when I'm studying, it's like, yo, this white supremacy. Like I didn't, I didn't used to use that term because I was like, yo, I don't, nobody is supreme over me. Like that's that's putting me down, blah, blah, blah. But then I think about it like, yo, like around the world. The globe is dominated by white culture. Sure, by white culture. But, 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 and if you but, but, do see, not, United States white supremacy. Person, those people are anything but the supreme. Right? No, but they're they're supreme because they have their actions are. I'm talking, about, I'm, I'm talking about groups like Aryan nations, the neo-Nazi groups. That, no, 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 no. That, but you're talking about the reality. Is no, I'm just saying. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. Like any anywhere you go around the world, you can be. Perpetually mis- mistreated if you have color in your skin. Absolutely. And if anywhere you go, if you're a white person, you can get preferential treatment. <laughs> you know pretty I mean? much. You can pretty go to much. Australia, you can go to China. You Except to on the s- basketball court. <laughs> right? Except on the basketball court. Right? But, uh, yeah, man, it's like, it, yo, that's really the real, like, that's really what, what it is right now. Around the world, a white person can go somewhere. And, and, and you know, it's cool. also somewhat... It is in the world. It's also somewhat in America because if you get one of the beautiful things I love about the city, Rose Cities, Brandon Williams and I are still buds. We go out and we play soccer at noon mm-hmm. up there on the Benson Field, the new Buckman Field. Mm-hmm. And it is a completely international field out there. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows how to play. Mm-hmm. And everybody is from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they got guys in there like the young guys, like Brandon, you know, they're in their 20s or 30s. Up to my age, but everybody's a good player. Mm. But um, it's also so I like it is that people don't step out of their lane mm. because you don't know 
right? Mm-hmm. So as a result, there's a, a great parity out there on that field. Yeah. Um, maybe it's also love of the game, but um, it is interesting because um, well, I guess well, I guess athletics is a great level we're in anyway, right? Yeah, that's the that's the. And one of the few areas we can get. Well, okay, let's go with this. What do you think about this deal with Serena? See, I haven't, I, man, I haven't paid too much attention oh, to man. it. I, all I know is, from what I heard, she was just arguing with the ref. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, she, we're athletes. Like they said, people get hot, right? Mm-hmm. And she didn't curse. She was a little ticked, but mm-hmm. he was throwing fines out. And, and um, there was certainly a sexism in it. I don't know. There was just a racism in it. Okay, but people you hate you Serena. You can't say racism. You can't say racism well, from but, the guy but, but, because the girl that she was playing was but, black correct, and, correct. and Japanese, Japanese or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they said interesting nothing, which is probably one of the most racist cultures in the world. But they, they, Japan's embracing her. Mm-hmm. Of well, what, course they are. They said it's one of the few times that they usually do not do not embrace mix. Mm-hmm. They are Japanese or they are Japanese. Those cultures are, you know, we, we forget that they're extremely racist cultures. You look at their treatment yeah. of China or other countries when they came, Vietnam, Korea, when they came through in those areas, right? And the mm. way the Japanese treated those people. Racism isn't unique to the white culture. Mm. At all. Mm. I think racism and, and uh, prejudice are two different things. They manifest in the same thing, right? They become a bias, but... Are, well, they certainly the Japanese were racist. I mean, you look at their the rise of Tojo and the Emperor, mm-hmm. their ideas of you know enslaving the West Coast of the United States. They were looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. They were looking forward to enslaving the white man <laughs> to work in, industrially. Mm-hmm. But they did, obviously that didn't work out. Um, well, I, I got to study up on that. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Though, um, mm-hmm. I just ra- racism. racism becomes more of an ism, like you say, an ideology, whereas prejudice is something that. Everybody has prejudice. And maybe it's also, maybe it's an ignorance that we, we can learn to get rid of that bias if we learn it. Everybody has bias, everybody has prejudice. Like, you'll see prejudice between, like, tribes and whatever. Oh, absolutely. Prejudice. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I've, I've seen it even, in, you know, at, at school where people, like you say, weren't dark enough within mm-hmm. the city of the black culture. Oh, yeah, you got dark skin, light skin, like stupid stuff. Right, so there's right. prejudice for that. Uh, um, you see it within Latino cultures. Like, yeah, it's, but, it's colorism, so that's colorism. You yeah. Know, that, that's, that's what we call uh, colorism. Yeah, okay, I like that. So, uh, but then what I see as racism is just white supremacy. Because it's either white or non-white. If you're white, you you have the privilege of everything. Every, 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 everything that's on paper is for you. Uh, yeah, I mean. And then if you're not white. Everything on the paper is subjective to whatever we want to give you, however much of this pie, or however uh, much, of, however much of this sure, justice we really sure. want to give you. Yeah, it, it says that, but we're going to. No, it's it's, it's going to play out in a different way. It's not hard for me to, to because I'm becoming more aware, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or more woke, if you will. Yeah. Is it? You're absolutely right. I mean, if I'm if I get pulled over by a policeman versus you, mm-hmm. if I go into a store to buy a loaf of bread versus you, mm-hmm. if I go into a restaurant and I ask for a table versus you. Mm-hmm. Every one of those experiences, mm-hmm. I'm going to get preferential, or you're going to get detrimental you're, treatment. You're, you're going to get the regular treatment. I'm Absol- going to get an irregular. I, treatment. I, I am. I, I agree with you 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's also what, what, what I'm fed up about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I felt that certainly when I was coaching at Benson sometimes with soccer, mm-hmm. um, and that those group of kids were um, getting dissed, and they were and they earned it. But you know, we were we were suffering at the you know the expensive. The Grants and the Lincolns, because mm. we were taking that from them. Mm. But that's uh, so that's that, that's um, one of my I guess 
my recollections of that time there. Yeah. And getting obviously involved more with the the struggle, if you will. Yeah. So how? I mean, so now that you've kind of, you know, you say. You, Feel like you're kind of waking up to the the inequities and all that type of stuff, and and just seeing the the struggle of, of black people from a different perspective, with your you know interpersonal relationships and whatnot. So like now, like how do you think you and, and other white people can help to, like what what can you do to think? Oh, I've just thought about I've actually thought schools. about politics, yeah. um, and if I could get my uh, if I want to make a venue there, of course you know. I, Things in our past, maybe that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know I'm, I'm loyal, as you said. I always make a bad one to keep it real. Mm-hmm. I'm loyal to my constituency. Um, that's one of the ways I think I can personally change it. The other things is just in, in my personal, inter- obviously my personal interactions. Mm-hmm. But that's too simple. It's not going to change the big thing that I want to change, and that is the big thing that you want to change. Mm-hmm. The, that's where I'm at with it, and I want I want those walls toppled, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm. Uh, they say I, I've become bored with watching the struggle and watching those. Uh, they, they say, you know, be patient and mm. let the system work. Mm. No, the system doesn't work. The system is designed to wear you down. It's designed because it's an institution, mm. it's designed to beat you. And at every corner, mm-hmm. there's a block. Everywhere. So. Uh, I'm at the point where it's going, maybe the system's failed. If the system's failed, then mm-hmm. am I a revolutionary? Mm-hmm. Maybe I am. Mm-hmm. Now, my question for myself personally is, that, and I'm, I'm fighting with this even right now as we speak, is mm-hmm. where am I going to take this revolution? Am I am I moving towards uh, the, the left? Or am I moving toward the right? I Honestly, I Does don't know. Does it have to be political? What, what do you mean by that? Do you have to see yourself on a particular side to be able oh. to act in the middle? Oh, all right, follow you. Yeah. No, no, and, and I think that's what we, part of the problem is that we need to become more inclusive. Mm-hmm. We don't have to identify ourselves, although identifiers and labels are there. But our, part of our problem, or it is the problem, is as long as we're sitting here defining what we are, mm-hmm. we're not whipping the man's ass, mm-hmm. right? We're, as long as we're letting it and we're having these riots and these rallies, we're not really going after what we want. Mm-hmm. I've often said that, you know, and this is what I really mean this, that when it comes down, I'm not going to be the guy running down the street stealing a TV set. Mm-hmm. I want the judge's gavel. Mm-hmm. And I will sit in judgment. Mm-hmm. And we will see what justice is dealt out on that day. Yeah. Because, um, you know, like you say, it's... Uh, we know that it's, that it's not. And there's no... The, I find it creepy mm-hmm. to, see, to look at it and, and see it and imagine it. And I see those the fellows in the system or the oppression. Mm-hmm. And I think, not only are we wasting your effort, we're wasting a lot of effort, if you will. If I'm the bad guy, if I'm the man, you mm-hmm. white. Okay. Couldn't I get more out of you in another way? Mm. Could, instead of having you sit in the clink and paying the man, couldn't I have you actually making or, or, or becoming something? Wouldn't that be more profitable to my society? If I really care about this country mm. or this world, mm-hmm. I'm really not acting like that. And that's where maybe I, I try to well, the Christian well, theology that's, in. Well, that's why, but that's, they don't care. 
about no. people of color. No, they, they, right? They, that's from the beginning. That's there has there has never no, been. You're right. There has never been a time from, from what I can see. There's never been a time in America where they wanted people of color to be included. They didn't come here for us, uh, you know, right? They came here and they they drove correct. out. The everybody natives. else, everybody else came here for a dream. Even though they were accepted, we know that there was Irish prejudice and there was prejudice against Italian American concern, but it but was not the same. It was not the same. They gave them white status correct. in society. Correct. Correct. It and was they got like to, I say, it was not the yeah. same. It can never be the same. It's too easy. And so the to me, the system of white supremacy it it labels who are the who are the throwaway people and who are the people you want to keep. And yes. the throwaway people are the people of color, or they they kind of want to keep some of the Asians. Cause they like they like the Asians. You know what I mean? But the um, but uh, most successful group ever, they they say at least um, ever in the United States, were the boat people. Mm. That came after the fall of Vietnam, mm-hmm. um, and they have been. They, they, you read the statistics, and, but uh, my argument is it was a brain bleed because those people were people that had worked for the French or had worked for the United States. So they spoke English, they spoke French, they had um, education, they were working in governmental roles or military roles. So they and they were doctors and things that you know of of, of power of status. Mm-hmm. So they left Vietnam. And kind of strip them, if you will, of, of some of the of the bra- brain bleed. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that and so that's also why they were successful. Mm-hmm. It's also a culture that values education. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could, if I could look at it, and I would ask the question, or I could pose the question back to you: Does the black culture value education like the Asian culture? No, mm-hmm. I don't think so. They, but they had the same. There's a lot of pressure for those kids to become become doctors, become you know. The family puts pressure on those kids. Mm-hmm. So, why do you think that is? Well, I think part of it has to do with the institution. Mm-hmm. They've come from a society in, in Asia mm-hmm. that it was very important to be educated, to have literacy, you know, and be able to read ninety-nine nine percent literacy in Korea, for example. Mm-hmm. They, they value that, and it was a way to move up in their society as well because they passed the civil service exam, right? The one person in the village could become, and so that was an honor. So they've, they've always valued education, mm-hmm. um, even though they've fallen behind over and over and over in history, mm-hmm. right? Because they become, they start looking in or become isolated, and they, so they don't learn. But uh, the African-American culture, if you think about it, because it was a slave culture, a stolen culture. Mm-hmm. When we got here, the last thing we wanted to do, if you will, we already know, the slave master did not want to educate mm-hmm. his his chattel, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he feared, he feared that. Mm-hmm. So how could you have a culture that appreciates education unless you, as in your case, the black culture, says, no, we're going to embrace education. I don't know hey, how there, to do that. There was a time when we did. Well, we... We've also tried to destroy it, right? Anytime we see, yeah. well, the black that's, universities, that's, that's, that's what it comes Spelman, yeah. right? North Texas, these schools, they they was doing it yourself, right? Yeah, the, the, the country the country has been bent on keeping us held back from advancing to a level of oh, equality in in any area. And so when it comes to education, and we, even if we you set up our own colleges because we couldn't get in, right? Tried to set up your own towns, your own banks, we destroyed them. Yeah, Tulsa right? and all that type of stuff, and yeah. so. It, um, Even in Charlottesville, that was actually like a, 
a hub for black people. Back yes, there are, there's entrepreneurial behaviors. Uh, yeah. There are many examples. And right? So when I, when you, I mean, I can understand why you come to that conclusion, but also we also have to take into account all the efforts that have been put towards us to thwart all Absolutely. the progress that we've built. Absolutely. And so and so and then desegregation. We thought it was going to be a good thing, but that was probably the worst thing for us because we can no we no longer educated our own. You know, we we know we, we thought that oh we should get the white education because it's going to be better. And then when and you we got put, there, there's like we don't want you here. We're not going so to give you, you the say, best. Uh, and so what you're saying in a way is that you, you said okay, you, you trust a white man. He's an educator, and we didn't do anything but that. I mean, we did anything right, but that. Did, I should yeah, say everything but that. And yeah. well, I don't say everything but that, but like there is a there is a cap. Only a few are going to get that type of treatment but everybody else is pretty much going to get written off mm-hmm. a lot of a good portion of us are going to get written off and we're, we're not going to treat you the same we're not going to educate you the same we're not even going to grade your papers the same. we're not even going to we're not going to give you the same type of support like i didn't realize how important it is to have like a supportive group of teachers mm-hmm. until i went to college i went to texas southern in houston outside of Let's see, Miss Johnson, Miss Let's see, Nancy, and Miss Johnson at, at Irvington. You and oh man, who was my freshman teacher at in in Hellthock? I, I can't remember her name. My freshman year, I had a great teacher. My senior year, uh, the British lady what was her name. Hell Hellthock. Oh, um, Julian. Yes. I don't remember her last name. I forgot her last name. So, I maybe had five or six teachers that really supported me. And that wanted to see me do good. And, like, when I was messing up, they really helped me. And I didn't I didn't struggle as a student. I got good grades. Well, you also know that. Oh, yeah, you did. But you also know we've had teachers that you know didn't give a damn. Exactly. And you can when feel I, it. When, and you can feel it. And as a kid, you knew it. Especially as a black boy, I knew who was for me and who was against me. Yep. And it was evident. When I went to college, everybody was for me. Like, that was crazy. It blew my mind that my teachers weren't busting my balls and, like, actually cared. Every one of my teachers for four and a half years cared about my success. Like, when I was struggling in certain math class, because math is not my strong suit, they were helping me out. Like, You're going to pass this class. We're going to get you to the net. We're going to make sure. You know what I mean? So, that little snippet like I may never have gotten that if I didn't choose to go to HBCU but as far as I'm concerned I think every white kid must get that <laughs> you know what I mean I, I don't they, they probably don't but like they, they probably get it have had it on a more regular basis than most black kids have but, had it uh, because they've had white teachers or, or, or not even recognize it because the institution itself is supportive of that mm-hmm. right you you um yeah, I'm going to say yes, you're absolutely right, because we have all these special programs, whether it be for special needs, mm-hmm. or whether it be for gifted. And we even, I mean, I would be careful on this one, but it doesn't sound politically correct, but there's a lot of money spent really on special kids and special needs mm-hmm. that could probably be spread to kids that are, the kids that we forget about are the C, B kids that just do the right thing all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we spend a lot of money on the DF kids, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of money on the top kids. But they're going somewhere anyway. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is bring up that core there that's that's 
like you say, struggling or mm-hmm. not quite getting it or, or uh, is, is in the mean. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, education doesn't really do a good job of that. Mm-hmm. We forget about that. You know, we're, we're all engrossed about, oh, I love Johnny and Sally. She's so, they're so great. And you kids are so bad. But I forget there's, there's other 20 other kids in here that are existing, mm-hmm. right? And they're really other composites of the class. Mm-hmm. And we all like to, as you know, we all like to feel successful. Yeah. But the extremes get all the attention. They, they tend to. They mm-hmm. tend to. So they say, I don't have all the answers for it. I mean, certainly, we know education is part of the problem, though, right? Right. Because the system itself or the, the teachers themselves or, or what we've been taught and what mm-hmm. we teach is wrong. And we, what we don't do is we don't teach how to change it. Or, and uh, you know, when, when's, I haven't seen activism for quite some time. Kaepernick mm-hmm. is an example of activism. Mm-hmm. We have not seen that civil disobedience for a very, very long time. But you, but I remember what we were talking about before we, I think when we were on the phone last week, it was, uh, or two weeks ago, you were saying like, protests aren't going to do it. Well, I don't Boycotts know. aren't necessarily going to no, do it. No, I, I, that's why I'm, I mean, having observed it and mm-hmm. looking at the stall, if you will. And, and I agree with you. And, and that's why I would call this period when we're in a stall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of it was done by intimidation and by assassination probably as well. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that's where I realized that it, it has to, that the institution itself has to be changed. Mm-hmm. And how that's going to be, I don't think it can be done within itself. An institution will not ever change itself. Mm-mm. So acknowledging that means that the system's failed, it has to be broken, it has to be refixed. And so, uh, uh, acknowledging that, I guess, is not a bad thing because the American Revolution isn't over. It's never going to be over. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get too you know, far out of, oh, yeah, that's why we have the Second Amendment and all this. Because that's not even necessarily the revolution you and I are talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the revolution of the mind and the heart. Mm-hmm. And if that institution can't facilitate that, we're, we're, we're going to be having this, like we say, that, that word, the conversation. Are we still going to be having these struggles 80 years from now? Mm-hmm. 200 years from now? Are they, is this still going to have, we still going to have to talk about it? Unfortunately, uh, I, I, mean, I, I believe so, man. I so believe so. pathetic. Uh, or unless it's embarrassing. Get... It's embarrassing to me. Mm-hmm. I know that um, because of the fact that I, in a way, represent white culture. Mm-hmm. And I have education, and I have to listen to these people, and I listen to them in the meetings, and I listen to their um, placating as mm-hmm. well. They, you know, they they want to placate the black community. Okay, we'll give you your own school, or we'll give you this special we'll thing, give right? You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, no, that's, that's but that's the words they use, especially when you're in like the and and that's not in the nonprofit sector, man. It's just like it's like. They really have control over everything. Like we gotta ask, we gotta write this long proposal. We gotta show the budget. We gotta show exactly Which where is the, the money stall. is going. And I'm just like, yo, y'all should just give us the money. <laughs> We're doing good work in the community. Like, why do we gotta go jump through all these hoops well, just that, to get some money that yes was taken? Where, when from you look here? at then you look at the other schools and say, I'll use the example of the Catlin Gable. Boom, there's some parents just writing a check and it's done. And because it's a private school, but it gets done. Alameda got away with that, right? When they, mm-hmm. they were everybody supposed to be sharing funds, and they had their own little PTA they created. What's well, that little white enclave up there in Grant mm-hmm. neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. And they were getting new stuff. Our schools getting new stuff. Well, 
nobody else is. Mm-hmm. You know, right down the street isn't. Mm-hmm. That so they but they made sure that they got theirs. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're gonna take care. And of somehow stuff. somebody was able to protect them within that. Of course, that superintendent was living in that neighborhood at that time, mm-hmm. and that was reprehensible. See, there, there's a thing, I guess. How was she's not prosecuted criminally when she knew that the water systems in important public schools were full of lead mm-hmm. and other things, mm-hmm. and she did, did not maintain buildings or move funds around. And she was also hiring her cronies, which were um, of alternate preference. And that's why they had it. Anyway, but that's criminal. When you're not protecting the kids and you're a superintendent. Mm-hmm. I had an interaction with her my very first time with her. I knew that she was phony baloney when I'm, mm-hmm. I was living in North Portland at the uh, Open Meadow School. That's, uh, was the, it was Simon Benson's grandson or Simon Benson's son's home. Mm-hmm. Out there on the peninsula, and the kids walked by, and they just took their brunt, their food, and just threw it up in the air, and landed right in front of my house. Mm-hmm. And I went, "Hey, pick it up!" Right? Mm-hmm. They didn't pick it up, so I followed them to school, um, and I just threw it down on her desk. Mm-hmm. And her response was, "Well, these kids come from really troubled backgrounds, you know. They don't." And I said, "No, no, no, no. That's why they need to know." Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out here that say are U.S. Marines that came from very troubled backgrounds. Their barracks are explicitly clean. Mm-hmm. So there's no excuse for that. What are you teaching them? Where's the civic duty or you know, mm-hmm. the manners and the caring mm-hmm. for your neighbor, et cetera? Throwing that up and her letting them get away with it, for instance, was just, uh, uh, to me, it was just, no, you don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not the lesson. And so I explained to her, well, don't let it happen in front of my house again. So <laughs> Anyway, but they selected her to be on the superintendent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, man. I mean, st- stuff like that is just—it doesn't even surprise me. Oh man, it's uh ten fourteen. Let's wrap this up. So, okay, I'm gonna jump into the Fab Five. Okay. The five questions I ask everybody. Okay. What's your favorite genre of music? Um, I listen to a lot of Buck Cherry, but I also listen to a lot of rap because um. Because <laughs> I like it. I don't mm-hmm. have to guess a good reason. Okay. So what artist or album made you fall in love with hip-hop? Or just kind of <laughs> well, I'm a drew two, I'm, a, I'm a Tupac fan. Because okay. of his social consciousness. Pop. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Hands uh, Because uh, he's political. And so for free, that appealed to me. Word. And in fact, was his, his music or his words still are true. It's, mm. it's so. Yeah. And a cool name. <laughs> what well, was after a prince, right? An Inca Word. prince. Yeah, that's dope. It, was it Inca prince? Yeah. Okay. All right. Question number two: Is there a movie that has affected your outlook on life? Uh, I think general, the movie Patton with George C. Scott mm. was pretty uh, impact, had an impact on me. Mm. What? What in particular about it? Um, Maybe a romanticized militarism in war, mm-hmm. but uh, at the time I was at the age, maybe 12 or whatever, so uh, it had a resonance in me, um, and Patton also has always fascinated me that he was the richest army officer in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. He was an Olympian, mm-hmm. fiercely religious and Catholic, mm-hmm. and um, yet believed in reincarnation, which is more of a Buddhist ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, so a very, very interesting man, and I do believe they killed him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the end of World War Two. One is that the Russians wanted him dead because he wanted to attack Russia. He viewed them as the most uh, primitive white people on earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. But um, 
uh, um, he, 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 and he, he was, uh, uh, he saves the, the Olympus on stallion horses, mm-hmm. um, because, because he was an Olympian, so the equestrian event was part of his, so he knew horses, so it was part of the event in the, uh, pentathlon, mm-hmm. uh, which is pistol shooting, fencing, uh, equestrian event, I don't remember what else, maybe a javelin or something, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, he knew the value of saving history. Man, that's, that's funny that you said he... Catholic and believes in reincarnation. That's yes, yeah, well, and he, um, he he cursed as well, right? Mm-hmm. He was very wealthy. I mean, he he knew how what fork was a salad fork, etc. Water mm-hmm. glass, wine glass. Okay, mm-hmm. this guy was a silver spoon, mm-hmm. but somewhat rejected it. He always wanted to be a warrior, mm-hmm. um, and um, re- rejected that uh, that that society himself, um, which was, I guess, fascinating to me. Um, but the 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 idea of past lives, you see, he also just he ba- he based his battles on former battles, whether it be biblical or whatever. He would mm. look, especially he was in North Africa. He'd look at the train or look and go, "Okay, oh, that's right, something had happened here, five thousand BC or five hundred BC," mm. and he would copy that battle plan. Mm. Brilliant, smart. Every yeah, he, he was very. That's, is that in the movie? Oh, that is in the movie as well. I mean, Ooh. they they talk a little bit, bit about his um. Uh, mysticism, if you will. Okay. Um, and there, there's a point here where, um, you know, he asked for the, uh, and it is true, he did ask for the uh, father to write a prayer uh, for good weather so that he could kill the enemy. And mm. the the father essentially said, well, I don't know if that's going to be well received. And he said, it'll be well received. I'm in tight with him. Mm. And uh, they, they asked him, they, they said, well, I saw a Bible on your, uh, Bedstand, you know, because he, he had such a salty reputation. Yeah. He said, "Do you do you actually read your Bible?" He said, "Every goddamn day." <laughs> <laughs> so that I guess that that the, the beautiful, bit like beautiful contradiction. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. There is something that I I was like staunchly opposed to the thought of reincarnation. Uh, maybe like two years ago, or maybe maybe just a year ago, and now kind of what we were talking about before, like DNA. I feel like that is the reason. Yeah, or or, or re, this idea of reliving lives or or, or um, alternate universes or parallels that somehow mm-hmm. we're redoing or, or they're existing and we're making different choices at some place. That is fascinating, and yeah. I, I don't I don't know all, but we certainly have, we certainly seem to have some type of consciousness that's beyond um, our own. Yeah, for sure. There is more to it than we know. A lot more. Um, question number three: When you start to feel overwhelmed, how do you de-stress? Well, for me, I race motorcycles. Um, <clears throat> I find that that's um, that high risk and that focus. There's nothing in the world that, uh, for me, and, and it also it's the freedom of floating when you're jumping. <laughs> but that focus and, and the athleticism it requires mm. is, uh, is is incredible. Mm. So that's really where I find and that's my greatest stress relief. If I get a race, let's say on Sunday, mm-hmm. I'm mellow Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, you're good. I'm I'm good. I'm, yeah. but I know that I can't always do that. Um, I'm learning to. I'm learning like we all are. Mm-hmm. To uh, it's, you know, unfortunate thing about life is, wisdom comes with age. Mm-hmm. It would be nice that we you know we could get a little wisdom before we get old, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't seem to work like that. Yeah, like you got to go through it. Yeah, I mean, you know, to take that breath or realize that, you know, sometimes my agenda is not what's important to someone else, mm-hmm. right? Or, or step back and go, wait a minute, why is that person behaving that way? 
Oh, it's because I'm trying to have some empathy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they're just idiots. That <laughs> road rage, etc. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can't help that. Right. It happens. <laughs> to the best of us. <laughs> yeah. Question number four. What book would you recommend for everyone to read? The Bible. Right now? The Bible. Simple. The Bible. Yep. Hands down. Abs- oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it's also a history book. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm not really a hellfire and brimstone guy, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't, I don't interpret necessarily literally. That's all for all of us to guys somewhat do ourselves. Maybe that's a concept of free will I still possess. Where, um, but um, I'm sold by the, the, you know, the New Testament. But the historical concepts are, are amazing to me too. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I'm not an end of times person. Yeah. So when you read Revelation, you just like ah. No, I, I don't dismiss it. I just I, I don't. Um, I don't know that I or any of us, if we're good men, have anything to fear. Mm. They, they say that this these things will come and these plagues will come, but those are and, and maybe those are the tests. Maybe those are the tests of you or I. Also, you, are you saying like uh, you think? You'll be raptured away before you even have like all that stuff takes place. Is that what you're saying? I don't know that. I mean, I don't even know understand the idea of resurrection or the idea of do I have to be buried? Do I have to be in a crypt? Do I can I (laughs) can I can I be uh, you know um, my ashes scattered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because to some people that really matters. I don't want to me that becomes. Well, I've already you do not want to be an ash form. No, 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 no. Well, I've kind of figured mine out, Mm. Mario. And I hope you can enjoy my dry humor here. But if I'm able to plan my own death, if you will, mm. I would like to climb to the top of Mount Hood okay. and be frozen up there, flipping the bird with a ball of Jack Daniels in my hand, and I'll just be the man on the mountain. <laughs> You'll be a, your own little statue. Just, there he is. Don't yeah. mess with him. Yeah. He's fine. That's an epic way to go. Right, you know, people get flags here around me. You know, have little mm-hmm. flags of the countries that people that climb or something. You know, <laughs> um, if not, I, I have to admit I stole this from another comedian. But um, I'd, I'd have my uh, my steel femur, of course, I'm gonna have on a plaque on the wall. Yeah. And I'm gonna be cut into a kilo of cocaine. I'm gonna have a wake. And of course, as you know, some of our friends will probably snort it. And I'm gonna come on and go, hey, there's a little bit of me in all of you. <laughs> Who said that? I don't remember who made that, <laughs> that joke, but That's anyway. That's a good one. Of course, I'm joking. But. Question number five. Yes, sir. What message do you want communicated at your eulogy? Fair question. Um, and it, it's interesting you mention it, actually, because I guess as we become older, we, we start looking at that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know that I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to want a military uh, funeral. Um, but the message I think I want conveyed or, or that I, I don't know that anybody has to convey a message out there to me, but what I hope that people remember of me mm-hmm. is that I was a man that tried. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is tried to love, mm-hmm. tried to impact the world in a better way, some way. Mm-hmm. And I haven't always done right. You know, I, I, those are probably times I've probably laughed, you know, as well, or been able to cry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that if we are in some way this piece of collective uh, 
intelligence and consciousness mm-hmm. that we really are and, and, and this, this world is, is evolving into a greater consciousness mm-hmm. which maybe they we're also heading, heading for the Omega then then in some way if I was able to be a catalyst for that and continue to live on in the minds of others yeah. then I've done good yeah. and um, they, they can look back and go you know what that fool was alright right because right? we one thing I know for sure, we know a lot of people in our life. We know far too, far few two characters, and characters are what makes our life. Mm-hmm. You know, there are guys that we think about it, and we, and we just start laughing. Mm-hmm. Paul would be one of them, right? Yeah. Just and so those, those are the guys, or those are the people. That I guess that are, I want to be remembered by as well. Yeah. And there's somebody they can go, yeah, I remember that fool. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he was legit, and yeah. that that that's important to me. Yeah. And um, I just lost my father two years ago. Sorry about that. Um, and I think, well, he was a school man as well, mm-hmm. and a principal. But the stories I've heard, you know, um, and his his kindness, um, mm. and generosity. And I, I've done a few things. You know, it's um, I guess it's kind of like I, I, I definitely believe in in, um, in that, and I, I believe it in the way that, that Muhammad Ali has done it. Is you don't you don't do an act of kindness or generosity and then ask to be recognized. Right. You just do it. You just do so it. some of the things that, like I said, I've done will just never, they will just never go. Mm-hmm. You know, but I love it when I hear back, and I remember you did this for me. I was thinking, like, I can a girl that, I bought a pair of soccer shoes and she was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. But she was not going to wear a pair of ghetto shoes. I got her the top, you know. Yeah. But, and she's a very successful woman now. The moment or the time or in her family. Would, mm-hmm. But those are little things that, you know, she, I know that I impact her life in a positive yeah. way. Yeah. And that was a small thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, physically, no, it wasn't. Wasn't even about the fact it was the best shoes. It was about her self-image, mm-hmm. and not everybody looking at her going, "Oh, you got a ten dollar pair of soccer shoes on," mm-hmm. because there, I, I had to remove that. I don't like that stigma for kids or whatever. Yeah. And so that was just a good example of those things that we try to yeah. do. And that's and that'll be things that would be shared. You know, my favorite thing was when I used to do uh, Festivus, mm-hmm. and remember I used to do that Christmas party. And it, they wouldn't allow, but Portland Public Schools wouldn't allow Christmas parties because the connotation may be religion, religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I did was Festivus for the rest of us. I stole it from Seinfeld. Remember mm-hmm. I had that crazy antenna in my room? And the antenna was a ham radio antenna. And I had lights on it. We'd light it the last day. Mm-hmm. And I did my own food drive. And we would raise 1,000 okay. pounds a year. I was one of the top 100 contributors to Oregon Food Bank. Wow. And I got mad because they, the health hawk would always win because they'd combine everybody. Right. So I said, like, you know me, I was like, okay, well, like you say, I'll, I'll fight, I'll give that struggle. Right. So I just started doing it myself. Yeah. And uh, I tell the kids, we're going to get a thousand, and you guys always laugh at me because I put like a can of tomato soup. That's the way it started. Mm. And then that wall would just grow. I call it the mm. wall, right? And that was one of my favorite things. And then uh, giving that to Oregon Food Bank, knowing that it went to families. Yeah, for sure. It was a, that was a, a special thing they throw it in the back of the Toyota pickup and just fill in the bed of it and kids not believing that we could get there mm-hmm. and then suddenly watching an Asian cut come in with 20 pounds of rice mm-hmm. knowing that, well there's 20 pounds to the thousand you know because I tell them we're getting close and we mm-hmm. weigh it you know and they're like what we have 700 pounds yeah and just need 300 more pounds mm-hmm. you know and it'd come yeah so yeah. That, th- those were the things I guess that I liked um, and you know I was I have other people that, you know, Samaya Young. I don't know you're Samaya. Yeah. I had to hustle her for four years to get her to like me. 
That girl was probably some of the most, or I felt, one of the most prejudiced kids <laughs> that I had, you know, met. And so I just, you know, remember her as a freshman, I said, I'm going to make this girl like me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd always bought by her, you know. Remember, she was the best dancer at school, right? By oh, yeah. far, right? She yeah, had that, yeah, yeah. she had that pop. And I was going, <laughs> you're about a half a step off. And she mm, just like, get out, of, get out of my face, you know, <laughs> to give me the yeah. chicken head or whatever. And I just kept staying at her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're on Facebook and Ashley Anderson later was my uh, daughter-in-law. So that, that brought her close. So those are the things I think I value mm. the most. The relationships. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. It, um, yeah because, it, it, you know, because many of them still you know, continue for me in my life. Mm-hmm. Brandon Williams is still part of my life with, with soccer, for instance. Mm-hmm. So that that's really cool. Yeah. And a lot of you know, the kids that I still race motorcycles with or whatever, ride mm-hmm. with. It, or the, that, the, no, that, I mean, that's that's key. Like, folks like, like people like you, my kindergarten teacher, it's just like certain people that just keep those relationships, like, for years, decades. And, like, that's what... That's what it's all about. Yep, it's, it's value. It, it creates the. That's a creates community as well, yeah, right? Yeah. And this web, you know, there's I believe there are only five thousand people in the world. We just play greater or lesser roles in each mm-hmm. other's life. So. And then that's like a. That's that's value. It's it's like money. It's capital, social capital. It's crazy. Like it's it, it, it is because um, <clears throat> you know, it's just, you know, the material value. Material things aren't valuable. <clears throat> they are because they sustain our life. But, they, but the richness mm-hmm. that we feel and the human connection, that's what's really real. And that, but that's, and it's crazy because that's something that we're losing right now because of technology. Yes. And the way that Elon Musk is talking, we're really going to lose well, humanity. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> so Ste- we Stephen, have to, like, Stephen be- Hawking has talked about that too, the development of artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. that we may be actually working for artificial intelligence until it figures out it doesn't really need us. Or how many of it does this? Need. That is a frightening thought because yeah. at that point, like you say, we've lost our the the very thing of this humanity yeah. thing. So being a human right now is like a big deal. It, well, it is because we are on a precipice of choice, yeah. right? Because the, like you say, this well, I'll call it a scourge of technology. Nothing mm-hmm. worse than you know we've seen the four good-looking ladies over there, and they're all doing this, mm-hmm. right? Nobody's interacting, mm-hmm. and we like we talked about earlier, communication is. And we're learning, what is it, there's a group called the, um, the Cured. The further we go, the more we know. The more we know, the less we go. Mm. Some real truths to that. Mm. Your kids, they, they go to the top of the hill and look out over the ocean. No, I can do it right here. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. Doing, you know, and experiencing is invaluable. Yeah. And so that's probably, another thing. we'll see if... Where education goes, you know, is, is it going to become more, you know, experience based? Because it's not experience doing that. Mm-hmm. Kids can't work, work a book anymore. They do not understand the glossary or the index. Mm-hmm. They just want they to. They don't do, need to. No, they just want access to information. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I, as a teacher, that's not what I want. Right. I want analysis and synthesis. I want you thinking, mm-hmm. like what we're doing tonight. Yeah. You know, those things because those those questions weigh heavy upon me. Yeah. Taking a sharp left turn. Yeah. I think uh, when 9-11 happened, I was in your class. You I rolled think... in the TV, and I remember watching those planes hit. I remember one hit the morning before I went to school. Correct, correct. And uh, we that... were, I was in your class, yep. and then you rolled the TV in, and I seen it. It happened there. Yeah. yeah, that was um, 
strange or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's uh, well from it we look at all this stuff that's happened. Yeah. I won. I two, which you know Afghanistan, mm-hmm. which none of it had to do with any of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean you know I I still question the, the towers the way they fell. We see the firemen saying they heard other explosions. Mm-hmm. The tower that fell on its own. The airplane wreck where there was no airplane. The Pentagon no jet hit that Pentagon. Something else, you know, yeah. it was a rocket or, I mean, so th- those, th- never seen Osama's body. I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. questions about it. Yeah, a lot of false flagging, potentially. 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 You know, I, uh, and then at the same time, you know, we have our own, we have our own thing here at home. Yeah. You know, we have uh, Timothy McVeigh, that cook that blew up the Oklahoma City, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, and the misinformation about that. Yeah. He, he did not use chicken poop and diesel fuel. It was potassium nitrate and nitromethane, which they use in dragsters. Mm. It's, that is, that's like, it is so many more times more combustible. Mm. But not, not that everybody needs to know that. Yeah. You know, but it, it's, the, the, where we're heading for right now is a scary thing in my lifetime. And for my country and for my people. Mm-hmm. The last thing that I want is a civil war. But if it is, bring it and let it be the last battle of my civil war. Yeah. All right? Because yeah. it isn't over. Not- I don't know that it was meant to be over. I don't want to get into the second you know, amendment thing at all because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the idea of what revolution is and revolution of the mind and the heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're appealing to. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I think I'm becoming probably more leftist or maybe more socialist in my aspect. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, although it got often results still in a, a small oligarchy ruling, mm-hmm. that concerns me. But how do, we, how do we officially do it? How do we manage ourselves? It's a good question. I thank you for your time tonight. I appreciate you coming out, man. This was a really good discussion. We touched it on It is because... Unfortunately, the people we need to be talking to aren't here, right? Right. And, and it, they're going to be forced to listen. At some point, they're going to be forced to listen. Yeah. And, and that's what they don't... Uh, there's a ton of really good people out here. Yeah. It's it's crazy how many... It is. Most people are mostly good. Mostly good. Yeah. You know what I'm mostly we good. Like, we except like for... Find, we like to find these things that divide us. Except for when our bias rises up and then we start doing some things that... We didn't even know it was there until. Well, that mob mentality is frightening, isn't it? Exactly. I, I mean, and we, you can point at I me, mean, and we've all—not we, you and I—but we've seen it on both sides of both colors. We can see it in the L.A. riot. The white kid gets pulled out of the truck, gets beat up, right? Mm-hmm. But what they forget about is who saved him? Black men, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. family of brothers went down there and mm-hmm. saved his ass. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we see these Antifa guys downtown Portland, mm-hmm. you know, and, which is ridiculous. Anyway, or we see the neo-Nazis down there mm-hmm. and, and their behavior. And we don't... I guess I'll finish tonight with one story. Do you remember my story about Hungary and Ashland hitting the guy in the face with the cowboy boot, the big skinhead? No. It was... Um, I don't remember what the day was. But it was a holiday mm-hmm. because the flags were up. And I was coming home from class at the time I was a student in Southern Oregon. 
and these guys are walking down the street, and they are real skinheads. Mm. Suspenders folded, jack boots, they are legit, right? Mm-hmm. They're not the fake. And uh, I kind of like looked at it, it didn't sit with me well. When I got down to my apartment, they were taking a flag off the pole. I said, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're taking a flag. I said, you're not taking my flag. Mm. And uh, they kind of got my face and... Um, I went upstairs. Yes, and so I went upstairs, collected myself, and I said, "Oh no, 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 no! I can't, I can't, I can't as a former airborne ranger allow this." Mm -hmm. So I went downstairs, and then they were uh, in another business by this time, uh, essentially harassing customers and Mm. bullying and doing what skins do. And uh, of course, I uh, went in and I said, well, they recognized me, they said, hey, you got a problem? I said, I think we all do. And the fight was on. Mm. And what I didn't know is they had a dude who was like six foot ten with them. So I'm doing my best and I've knocked down a couple of them. I've got three or four of them still scared. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling pretty good. Then all of a sudden, this dude came around from behind the counter. He must have been better. And he was a good foot and a half taller than I was. <laughs> And I'll be honest with you, Mr. Airborne Ranger, yeah. I was thinking, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. But what I didn't know was all the little skateboard punk, little white turds, mm-hmm. when they saw it going down, they went running up to get the janitor at the Shakespearean Theater. Mm-hmm. Well, Hungry is six foot eight, six nine, two 230 pounds of homeboy. Mm. And, and he, anyway, we knew each other. So when they, when they, yelled skinheads he went skinheads and he came running down the stairs in his mm-hmm. boxers boxer underwear with a cowboy boot and hit that dude right in the face wow with a cowboy all I remember just seeing this cowboy hat and just <laughs> and I mean I was scared to death man and I, I, I was thank you hungry and you know <laughs> saves your life man. well yeah it was, what was interesting was the community is hungry saving my ass I think I'm doing this right thing smashing all that I can on their ass mm-hmm. and protecting the little people. And then the little kids are running up to get the bigger dog to mm-hmm. save me. Yeah. So it was actually Everything, a community action. All things and then, work together. And the, when, the police, <laughs> when the police showed up, they um, were kind of like, well, maybe you shouldn't come here. Mm. Why are you, oh, in fact, it was Martin Luther King Day. Mm. And, then, and, they, and they were like, so you, know, you definitely don't come to Ashland on Martin Luther King Day. And they escorted him. They they wanted to get their ride in their car. They said no. They took him to the edge of the city limits and said, mm. "See you. Wow. Don't come back." Yeah. So that was a proud moment. But I was. I'm glad Hungry was there. Right. <laughs> he handled that. He the, handled it. He handled the big guy. He did my big work for me. With that boot to the face. Yeah. Word. So anyway. Word, again, man. Appreciate you. Always, brother. Yeah, man. Always. It's good to see you. Man, it's been it's been way too long. Been way too long. Yeah. Well, everybody, I appreciate y'all for hanging in there with this two hours strong. It's the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Holla at y'all next time. Grace Make it better, peace. people. I'm fragile, but by grace I am choosing peace over losing sleeping. I must say these sandals fit quite nicely over these pre-release. Nike sacks, Birkenstocks, oh what a faux pas. Unmasked, unabashed, unashamed. Uh, hear the voice set up unacclaimed. Yeah, hear the voice set up unacclaimed. Maybe that's a taboo. Maybe it's a fad, but maybe just in fact I was used to wearing bad shoes. Uh, Nike sacks, Birkenstocks, 
Oh, what a faux pas, unmasked, unabashed, unashamed uh, Hit a voice set of unacclaimed, yeah Hit a voice set of unacclaimed, maybe that's a taboo Maybe it's a fad, but maybe just in fact I was used to wearing bad shows